0: Hello and welcome to episode 48 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to inspire you to build your business your way. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today, I am once again joined by the wonderful Jenny Ambrose, a solution-focused designer at her business Pure Fantastico. Welcome back to the show, Jenny.
1: Yay, I love being here. Thank you
0: so much. Listeners, if you tuned into the last episode, Jenny and I discussed a huge amount of things, but mostly we talked about embracing your weird in business. So make sure to check that one out in case you missed it. And Jenny, today we're going to be talking about you and your business and your business journey. And we will absolutely be talking about your fantastic business name later. But first, I would love to talk about what it was that inspired you to start your business to begin with.
1: Well, it's actually one of those stories that um, sounds like an underdog story, but in reality, it's me owning the truce. So I love creating. Uh, I am an endlessly creative human being. And it took a while to figure out that I could be creative as an adult and a professional. But once I did... Uh, I was dedicated, like that was all I was gonna do. And when I got a job after design school in a mid sized advertising agency, there was so much creativity that was lacking. It was like I had trained to throw apples, but the job I got was a scuba diver. It was just very, very strange. And so I only had that job for about six months. But my addiction to creativity, my love of design was so absolute that there was never a doubt that I wasn't going to do that. It was just, what does that look like? What does that even mean? And freelancing and getting my own clients taught me that I absolutely can be trusted, that I have the discipline to do my own business. And it just became apparent that I had to own my own business. Yeah.
0: I love that so much and it's such a shame isn't it that you get trained particularly in creatives and I mean I'm going to I'm going to niche this down to creative talk only because that's my experience and I can't speak for other industries but taking a creative role and working as a creative feel very different like when I was training as a creative or doing my courses or anything like that it was when I got into the corporate world there's so much else that isn't creative that comes along with it and it's such a shame
1: well, and even the creative bit is still, it's like sucked dry. It's like you get a powder and it's like, just add water. And your water is creativity. And it's like, that's not satisfying. And then they say, what do you mean it's not satisfying? And then you're in a very uncomfortable conversation with HR about why what they do is not design and how this is bullshit. And maybe that's just my experience, but that's definitely how it went down. That's definitely how that went. I think, I mean, six months
0: in a corporate and realizing that is about 11 and a half years quicker than it
1: took me. (laughs) And you are not alone. You're, and what's interesting is there, I've had a lot of conversation with creative women who have stayed in the corporate world for 12 years. It seems like a very intriguing number to me. I just don't, ever want to feel like I've got six heads growing out of my armpits when I know I am here doing what I am meant to do and feel really good. When you're in a situation where you get viewed at like you're the broken one, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. And owning a business has been the biggest blessing because it makes sense of my personality. It makes sense of all of my energy and it gives me a positive way to handle that rather than bitterness.
0: I love that. I love the fact that you, the way that you said that, that your business helps you to make sense of your personality and make sense of your creativity and everything like that. I think that, yeah, owning a business can answer so many needs that we don't realize are lacking in corporate until you have that beauty of hindsight, whether you're still in that job or not. And yeah, I'm glad that it didn't take you 12 years because it's just ridiculous. Like the, the longer you work as a creative in the corporate world, you'd assume that the more creativity and control you get over your job
1: is exactly the opposite. The situation of corporate, the whole embodiment of corporate uh, is a tax on creativity Yeah. Because it completely sucks out the humanity and you cannot have creativity without humanity. Humans are creative. And for me, I dropped out of high school for similar reasons that I walked away from my corporate job. I'm not interested in a life where I am meant to feel like a loser or the problem. here for that. So if that means I'm by myself, okay, I'll be by myself. If that means I run a business that makes up my own words and sets the tone and timber of how I work with clients, wonderful. I'll be doing that, please. And that's just the way that I've been built. Like I came to this earth as this confident self. And people have tried, boyfriends have tried, my mother has tried, bosses have tried, teachers have tried. Nope.
0: Thanks. No. Bye. And I love that you've built the business in a way that really nurtures that and embraces that. And, you know, everything that we talked about in the last episode, it it's so evident just from one conversation with you, from one email with you. I was like, yeah, I want you on this podcast. You're my kind of jam. This is absolutely like the personality that came through just from that one email, which is like what black and white text, it was, it was just nothing from what I was reading. Like there wasn't anything visual to stimulate that, but it still came through. And If you have that ability just through an email, I just, it feels like there is no other place than the one that you create for you, which is magic.
1: Yeah. Well, and that speaks to brand messaging. Um, And I think it's it's an underutilized tool in branding because it's so easy to, I have to be professional. I have to write an email. I have to do this best Jenny and it's like "Mm, is it though is that the way that you have to communicate is that the truth of who you are is that going to experience or is that going to provide an experience for the other person no and so I better for worse have no ability uh to tamp that down like I tell people I'm not born with shame I just don't have that attribute I do not get embarrassed. I do not have that attribute. I am here. Jetty. And that's that's it. That's the truth. Like it's almost as if I'm six foot eight, bright yellow with purple polka dots. I cannot hide that. I can't control that. I just have to match that and celebrate that. So that is my brand message. And it brings me joy to hear you bring up my emails because yesterday my client was um your emails always make me smile. People should always communicate this way. And I'm like, I don't know. Because that's part of what makes it so special is that people don't. But what I took it as to mean, please communicate in your own natural voice and flavor. Because even though it might not feel professional, I guarantee you that is a patriarchal, capitalist mindset to keep you from being your truest self.
0: Yeah. The perception of professional is something that I have massive issues with that I'm sure will become a whole other podcast episode in the future. So we'll look out for that one. But yeah, I just, everything just kind of exudes joy. And having spent so much time in the corporate world, I can absolutely see how it would have been just crushing. So can I explore a little bit further with how it was that you came to leave your role? Because I'm sure that there will be other people out there listening to this who are like, I, I'm not happy where I am. I feel the same. I just want to be myself, but I don't know how to take those steps to make that decision. So I was 24
1: and my life was fine. I lived in New York. I had a job. Um, I was making 70,000 straight out of school. And most of my friends were making 30,000, 40,000, telling me to suck it up, that I was good making the money that I was, even though I was working in a place where my coworkers would not talk to me. Now, when I say would not talk to me, I mean would not even address me, would not say good morning to me, would not eat lunch with me, would not talk to me. I do not know why. Um, It could be because when I first got that job, I was recently published in a a design annual and like losing my damn mind with excitement. And (laughs) wanted to show my teammates, wanted to be like, look, I'm good, I'm cool. And boom, done, I was not cool or good. And the only people that would talk to me and that would be my friend were these two guys that worked in the mailroom And someone complained that my friendship with the help made them uncomfortable. Now, one was black and one was Islander. This is true. This is 2008 in New York City. Oh, my God. And so I'm like, look, motherfuckers, like, I am just trying to get normal human contact. You won't fucking talk to me. I can't. Someone complained that I was talking to my friends on instant messenger. And I'm like, no one's fucking talking to me. I'm just supposed to sit here and do work that no one gives me because no one trusted to work with me. The level of fuckery that I was in at this place had me sitting in the individual stall bathroom with the lights on crying every day. 24, being like, why don't more people at 24 kill themselves? This is outrageous. This is outrageous. And so it was that level of unhappiness where I'm like, God hit me with a bus. I don't want to kill myself, but if you could like mercy kill me out of this situation, I would just be so grateful. And I was being called into HR every day. Uh, My boss, who was a woman, would not give me time off for a yeast infection problem that was clearly stress and like brought on. And so I was called into HR again about the friends with the help. And I'm like, I fucking quit. Fuck this fucking place. Fuck you. Fuck this. Fuck that. Fuck this. Like I was so Jersey in that moment. Like there was no polite. There was no professionalism. There was like, I am fucking done with this and then that's when the ancient woman like hung up on my boss and was like what, what's going on like why are you so angry? like why am I so angry let's fucking talk about it and was like so <laughs> and I, it's, I was on probation and I'm like all right all right since I dropped in high school first it, it was bizarre how similar the experiences were for me in the high school And here, like, it got to the point where I'm like, I am not 17 again. What the fuck is this universe? Like, I have learned the lesson, maybe not, but this does not feel good. And I thought, okay, I dropped out of high school, and I did my own thing, and maybe that's why I'm having problems here, and maybe if I choose something different, I can make them like me. Okay. How did that go? (laughs) yeah oh god it was so good everyone it just was like work because the harder I tried the more irritated they got yeah the more irritated that I was like does anybody want coffee and they're like oh my god I hate you like does anybody want soup I'm just gonna get it like so But that's who I really am. Like, I'm not a jerk. I'm a super silly, happy, I want everyone to be my friend kind of person. And the HR manager, I'll never forget it. She's like, I can have conversations and not upset my coworkers. Like, it's clear that they don't like you. I'm like, oh yeah, I know. Because I have eyeballs. Thank you for this validation. And when I had my exit interview, I must have looked like a psychopath because they're like, How would you say your experience? Like, my experience has just been phenomenal. I cannot wait to leave. Fuck you. Fuck this place. Oh my god, I can't wait to be homeless. Like, just over it. Just completely over it. And I walked out. Did not have savings. Did not have a job. Was fifteen hundred miles away from any parent that would have given a crap, but did not give a crap. Um, Had friends. Didn't really have friends, and. Was engaged to a physically abusive man who was like then paying all of my bills. So that's how I left that job. <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't see that coming with our first one. <laughs> You're being so happy.
0: To be honest, like I, I didn't know what to expect, but yeah, no, that's cool. I'll roll with that. Like I've unfortunately bullying in the workplace is something that I have had the misfortune of also experiencing and. And I kind of wish that I reacted the way that you did. But it's it's never something that's good to go through ever. And however you deal with it and everything else that you had going on outside of that as well. So I'm so curious
1: to know what happened next. So what happened next was extreme PTSD. Amazing. Just what you <laughs> I mean, extreme PTSD. I... Still have not worked in a Physical job. Um, I had a physical job for one month 12 years later 14 years later and was like, I'm good. I did all of the work they ever had and I'm like, I'm good You don't have any money for me. I'm leaving Um, But what happened was the 2008 economy crashed so I was freelancing at a different agency And they were so nice. Like it was such a world of difference from the corporate job that I left, but they were not passionate. And for me, I'm very, I'm ridiculous. I'm like passionate with skin and a face. (laughs) And the thing is like, I didn't want to get hooked into the corporate mindset, which is like, you get all the money and that is your creative soul. Like that is the price that they're paying for you is to buy God, I used to drop like $400 at a Sephora and then go next door to an Aldo and be like, $1,600, please. I like have no problem doing it because that is the New York way of life. Money, 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 money. I mean, it's, it's legit. It's very real. Cocktails are $20 and you stand in a cramped room to someone like smash into you and you spill it all down until so they can do Coke. Like that's a very real moment. Um, so I left when they lost the budget for freelancers, they offered to hire me at 106000 And I'm like, no, because my passion, my ambition, my obsession with graphic design was worth more than six figures. Now I uh, almost died by that abusive man on Tuesday and they lost their budget and I lost my job on Friday. So the universe was like, there you go, kid. Have fun with that. And so I'm in my apartment in New York City paying $2,500 a month, hating every speck of my life, hating every inch of myself, just being like, this is a strange life to have, and I'm not interested. So I left New York, and I moved in with my mom, which not the best choice, but it is what it is. And within a couple of months, I got an email from someone in Eastern Europe who needed a female designer for their female clients. And that's how I started Pure Fantastico, was just taking client photography clients, wedding planner clients through this company in Eastern Europe. But everything that the corporate job had told me that I couldn't be trusted with clients, that I wasn't good enough to be a designer, that like I was a mess of a human being was proven false when I was allowed to do what came naturally to me and uh, do the thing I was trained to do design. It went beautifully. There were no problems. I not only branded clients I named their businesses. I did their business nomenclature. I did their strategy. I taught myself illustrator. It was proven within six months. Where the issue was, and for me, that was all I needed. Was like, "Oh, you're dumb." Okay, and (laughs) and and I still had the PTSD, but it was a lot less harsh, a lot less cruel. It sucks
0: that you had to go through. Well, I don't even mean that. That's not the words that I want to use. It sucks that that happened, but I am just in awe of the difference between the person that you're describing and the Jenny that I have known for all of these hours. Um, like, it just, it's insane.
1: I know, and that's, when I tell people that, I, I don't often, because I don't want to be associated with the negativity. I mean, like, sure, okay, yes, see where I came from and be blown away by the joyousness blasting in your face that's fine (laughs) but the depth of my sorrow is the height of my joy yeah and I have not even touched it so I'm like okay that's fine I just it's not um it's not pleasurable to go back there it's I used to have panic attacks seeing uh my street in Brooklyn on tv shows and just be like nope but when I lived in Los Angeles, um, about like five years after this, I moved to L.A. with my, he's now my husband, but he was my boyfriend. And I got so used to being back in the city that I'm like, I miss New York. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, homegirl? Oh, girl, you do not miss, no, I do. I do, I miss New York. And if anybody has seen Frozen and has seen the snowman singing about summer, right here, <laughs> right here it took me a long time to accept that I may actually love New York just as a business owner, not as a corporate cog.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is, I'm not going to lie, that's probably the most dramatic um, description <laughs> of leaving a job that I had so far. But I love the fact that its it's so clear that It was the passion that was driving it. It was the right decision for you. It was the fact that it sucks having to hit rock bottom to build yourself back up again. But the fact that you did and to see the difference in how that has manifested in you as an individual and you as a business owner and everything else and all of the colors that I see and feel when we have these conversations. Yeah, it's baffling that people feel that that kind of treatment of anyone ever is okay and...
1: Well, the scary thing is when I was leaving that job, first of all, the agency that I worked at no longer exists, which brings me mutual peace. (laughs) (laughs) But I was talking to recruiters who would say, yeah, the creative team is kind of like that. Mm. And that's the thing that has me, now that I'm hiring and building my business, I very much want to have a corporation that bucks corporate mindset because no one, no one should be allowed to treat another human being that way under the guise of, well, that's just how we like, well, fuck you. That's how I like that. That's how I like that. And so now I have a very empathetic business Um, it's very fluid. It is very focused on the way people feel and their efficiency through those feelings and that energy so that they can be supported so that I and Pure Fantastico can be supported. And it, it may not look like anything else that's ever been, but it makes me so much happier to know that I will never be in charge of someone's traumatic story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I'd love to touch on as well is like how your business has progressed and evolved like all of these years later where you're established and that kind of traumatic past is thankfully very far in the past and you're expanding and everything else. So your business that you have now, would you say that it's evolved significantly from where you started? Are there elements that you always expected to
1: kind of flow through? Oh, it's, it's completely changed. Um, I actually restructured my business in 2017. Um, it was technically more of an established design studio from 2012 to 2013. I'm sorry, from 2017. Uh, in 2008 to 2013, I was freelancing as JennyAmbrose.com and the abusive ex we were no longer together but he still was in control of my domain and i did not know and so when he killed himself i lost that domain and was like well pure fantastico it is great because i didn't have the balls to move on from the established name and my clients and the SEO and everything from jennyambrose.com to move forward to Pure Fantastico. So it does take uh, me getting kicked in the tummy a little bit sometimes to move on and to make big changes because I'm like, yeah, but it's working. Why change it? And it's like, because it's not really working. You're not really meeting the things that you are here to do. Um, and that's why I restructured in 2017. I'm not just a design studio. I'm a design scientist and I run a design science and strategy company because every piece that I make, whether it's a point of sale for a hair salon or it's packaging for makeup or it's branding for an aerospace technology company, it's based in science. It's based in culture. It's based in these weird, invisible, and intangible elements that make a huge difference. And that's very different from, yes, I'll design your brochure, thank you. And so even though it was scary and I walked away from very easy work making $5,000 a week, it was not the truth. It was convenient. And that's why I make hard choices now by myself talking myself into it so that i don't have to be kicked down and be like stop fighting me make the better choice jennifer and
0: (laughs) full naming yourself in these conversations
1: well yeah i feel like the universe gets tired of me and it's like oh jennifer nicole figure this out please please (laughs) figure this out and i i'm sensitive and i don't wanna just want to eat brownies but, you know, you got to put your big girl pants on.
0: So when you rebranded your business in 2017, you said, didn't you? Is that when you rebranded as Puree Fantastico? No, I had been
1: Puree Fantastico since 2013. Right, okay. Since 2013. I, I worked for that Moldovan company, the Eastern European company, from 2009, like January 2009 to January 2013, where I was fired for asking for a raise. How dare you? Right? I'm like, "Mm, I can't survive off of $28,000 a year while you're making me work on 30 clients at one time. Mm. But I didn't have the chutzpah to trust that I could do it myself. It was convenient for me to just have an influx of clients and work on clients and then not have to seek out clients. The irony is People loved working with me so much that they circumvented the Eastern European company and just went right to me. And so again, convenient where it's like, I don't have to try. You just come on over. (laughs) But I didn't always like it. Yeah. And I'm not someone that can niche, really. And this is how I figured that out. Because I branded, no joke, no exaggeration, thousands of photographers and wedding planners and event planners and listen there comes a point where it becomes ethically questionable to brand the same type of business owner and the same type of person at least for me because I'm not solving anything I'm just swapping out fashion plates and that's not what I'm here to do yeah
0: yeah I understand I think like it's such a weird concept that if you niche you could almost trip yourself up in the future. But I feel like it's it's quite a, a rare occurrence that the volume that you're talking about, the volume of clients is just like, that blows my mind. But then again, I've never worked in that way where I've had kind of that consistent level of referrals coming in so often that I've had kind of that number of clients at a time. When I was in corporate, I dealt with a lot, but it was always, it's different, isn't it? This
1: was like a sweatshirt. This guy loved to get people's money and then go away. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Yeah, no, No, I'm I'm, I'm
0: laughing because it's like, I know the type.
1: of them in my
0: time. (laughs) Let
1: me get your money and then you'll never hear from me again.
0: Let me (laughs) take your money and then if you can
1: just go left over there, that'd be great. I'm not that way. Like, I'm just not that way. And so they the clients would message me and contact me and say, I can't get a hold of this person. Help me. And I'm a very empathetic person. And so I'd be like, of course, how can I help? And then I would say, Hey, you haven't talked to this person. Oh, yeah, I know. I have these other calls. I'm like, you can't do that, pal. And that's how I became design director. <laughs> so here I am, like in my house uh, in Los Angeles. Managing a team of 15 men who are interested in hearing from a woman. Super fun. And they are across the world. And so I'm waking up at 7 a.m., working on my clients, trying to talk with this team, who, like English is maybe their fifth language, and working until 2 a.m. to greet them as they come in for their day, to tell them where they have to go on their clients, and maybe they listened, and maybe they didn't. And it was like, what an experience, what an experience to be told, I guess if the intern can't do it, you could give it to Jenny, which was a hurtful email thread I read in corporate world to, I am running a team from across the world. Can you suck all the dicks, please? Can you just (laughs) feast on them? And (laughs) that, that for me was like, you can do this on your own. Yeah, you can absolutely do this on your own. So when he fired me for asking for a raise, I was like, oh, fine, okay, good luck, pal, have fun, and just that was it. And then the I took the clients that were mine. I'm still working with an Australian makeup artist that I have been working with for ten years. She does not go anywhere else. She comes to me. Who cares about the conversion rate?
0: Yeah, that's something else as well. I think that is it. Really speaks volumes to the fact that you went from having that. Really shitty experience in the corporate world of running like this global kind of design business that you have, and the way that you've niched and established and reinvented the business as a whole as you've gone, just speaks volumes of the fact that when you embrace what it is that you're good at and what you want to do and what brings you joy in doing things your own way, like look at the magic that can happen.
1: You gotta trust yourself. And I read this quote the other day, and it like, and it was um never is someone more unhappy than those who don't get to experience adversity because they don't get the opportunity to prove themselves and I'm like damn does that put my life in a different context and I am into it (laughs) hey that's not the story about the Disney princess ever isn't it (laughs) it's true and so like you can get upset that things have been hard you, I have definitely found bitterness in my friends who work in a corporate environment and have friends and go on trips to Iceland when you can travel. And I'm over here like trying, you know what I mean? Like all the different business owner things. And it's like, you know what though? I'm getting such a different experience and payoff and it will come. It will come. It will look its own way. It is mine. This is something I am doing for myself and they are jealous of me. Yeah. And it's like, you get to go to Iceland and like you get to work on your own terms wearing butterflies in your hair. And I'm like, I did not consider this. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> because when, when Corona hit and everybody was freaking, I mean, people are freaking out about Zoom. It's like, um, I have been living on Zoom for years. I don't know what you're complaining about. Um, but it's true. And I've had to be grateful and quiet and respectful to the fact that what I have made in my life since 2008 people are now thrust into and trying to figure that out so I was very grateful that I figured all of this out during the first economic crash in the moment of life (laughs) ahead of the curve
0: (laughs) (sighs) okay cool so what I would love to do is talk a little bit around your branding if that's Cool. Because I freaking love your brand. I, lo- I just, it's so you. I mean, I would, I really want to know how you came up with your business name because I just think that Pure Fantastico is probably one of the most vibrant sounding business names I've ever come across.
1: Thank you. It It's one of those things where it's like, it's true, even though people mispronounce it, even though spelling it to customer service reps is like hell on earth papa unicorn romeo echo echo foxtrot alpha like it's just it is such an experience um okay so before i got into that corporate job i was flying home from new york to visit my mom and i picked up this design annual that i had been published in and i'm like like squealing in the airport chair looking at my own work being like, you did it. You did it. You made it. Look at this. Look at this. This is you. You did this. And then I'm thinking, how am I ever going to tell people all of the things that I can do? And like, like that. And my brain goes, pure fantastico. And I'm sitting there like, that's not a thing you say brain. Like, that's not a thing. And I thought, well, maybe it's like a song or maybe it's like a phrase I heard. And I just was like, Peep. nothing. There was a nothing. And so I bought that domain. I bought that Etsy store because I'm like, whatever, I'm going to use something with this. And that's that. And so now when I'm like, oh, Puree Fantastico, my face lights up. It's an instant smile. It's like a gift from my brain. to myself. And now I just buy the domains for any of those ideas that come out um, or phrases that come out. I just buy the domain. Fair enough. I think that that's good advice for anyone. <laughs> Seriously, buy the domain. Just do it because what is it like eleven dollars? Yeah, it's not much. You know, and then you'd be like, well, bam!" This other side piece that I've got. <laughs> I
0: love it because, like, my interpretation of it was like puree is always something that's like super concentrated. So, and then Fantastico is just such a for me. It feels like such a colorful, colorful and big word that it's like a concentrated dose of something that's colorful and big and vibrant, which is exactly how I feel about you.
1: (laughs) It is true, I am five foot one and like eight foot six with personality. (laughs) (laughs) But for for me, what I love about it, it's two different languages that are not English or the language I speak, Um, but that is how I approach design. I say design is a language, like design can be beautiful, but it moves and it communicates and it changes and it affects. And that's a little different than, oh, Pantone's color of the year or look at this cool font and not like addicted, addicted to fonts, addicted to colors, love them, love them, love them. Let's use them to bring about change. Let's use them to solve some problems. And yeah. Along the way, absolutely. I love what you were
0: saying there. Is like using design because it is a communication tool and it is a language in its own. Because design, good design, can cross any language barrier. Yes, and I think that it's just such a beautiful way of communicating and bringing everyone together. Because our most beloved brands, like we were talking about Wendy's, it's like I'm familiar with it, even though I've never been to one, right. I kind of get the essence of it because I've experienced their
1: brand, but not directly. Yep. And branding is this invisible, intangible experience. Mm -hmm. And Nike is another one that I love to use because they don't, they don't show you the shoe. They show you the person persevering to get what they want. And they just happen to have the Nike shoe. So Nike produces the support of the goal and uses that as their branding. And it's way more emotive than I think people give credit to or think about. So if we're talking about this splenderness, um, I rebranded over the summer. I had the same brand from 2017 to 2020 with like minimal tweaks. Um, I use color as an organizational tool. So I was already using multiple colors and then adding one for the different services because I have a new service roughly every two years. And 2020 happened and I'm like, this is not true anymore. This feels not true. And it's a very intense recognition for me because I'm obsessed with truths. I'm obsessed with communicating the essence and it's going to change. You know, I'm a different person tomorrow. I am not the same person that started sentence. So when I am branding myself, who am I? What am I here to do? Well, I am here to use design as a language and pair it with emotional intelligence and critical thinking so that I can influence culture. What does that look like? That looks different for every single project and every single person because that is what I'm here to do. So instead of this shape, hold on, let me change hands. This shape. Which is kind of, for the listeners
0: who <laughs> can't see, it's kind of like half a
1: yin-yang. I call it a blue bowl. It is like a water drop or like a paisley shape. Um, it is a curved, welcoming, sort of splashy yeah. feel. And that was the shape I used in different um, sizes and different combinations. And it felt very fluid and it felt very breaking through. And so I added in other shapes to show ingredients, to show emotion, to show the mixture and the change and the fluidity beyond one thing. Because I am not one thing. I am multitudes of things working in tandem. I believe we all are. We all are. And this allowed me it felt very childlike. And when I was working on it, I was really insecure. Like, is this a kindergarten brand? Am I like, Oh, come on class. Let's sit in a circle. Like that is true. I am that. But if you remember earlier, I told my old boss to suck all the dicks. So it's like, that is true as well. And how do you rectify that? So for me, it was all of the colors. It was being really intentional with my messaging and then finding ways to have sarcasm and have the sass and have that strength while also being like glitter and butterflies, they exist because the world is filled with both. My world is filled with both. And that's how I did that. And I love my branding because it addresses all of those different pieces and flavors in a strangely consistent way. I
0: love that. And for the listeners at home, like behind Jenny, like her backdrop, she's got her, her pure fantastico wedding. And then there are just loads and loads and loads of different colored shapes and different styles of shapes, like very geometric to kind of icons. And I just, it feels exactly like you were saying it's you've created a spectrum of almost letters of your own shapes to communicate. You've created your own design language, but it's more than that in the fact that it is the ingredients that we can all use to create or the ingredients that you can use to create brands and designs for others to help communicate their story. And I just feel like, like, nerding out from a branding perspective like I get it and I love it
1: <laughs> and as a brander from another I'm like <laughs> <laughs> my husband calls it an alien language and I'm like you know what yes it is because there have been so many times where I mean like you know dipping back from the other conversation where I have felt like an alien put on this earth I mean even in art school let's talk about it even in art school I was an outsider because I love to learn. I I, I do genuinely love math and science. I was in geometry competitions as a kid.
0: I've never heard of that. Geometry competitions.
1: Yes, they're real and they're cool. (laughs) I've never heard of it. It's just, I love it. And I have no qualms about that. And the saying was, I go to art school, not smart school. I mean, like, math classes in a, in a university that cost 20000 a semester when I went there uh, was cutting out shapes, ironically shapes, out of construction paper and making a collage. That was geometry class at a fucking art school. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to use my brain, thanks so much. And, like, did things that brought me joy, that stimulated my own brain, did they get it? No. Did my professors get it? Double no. Did it stop me? Triple no. <laughs> it didn't, but it also, it made me feel a little sad because you go to art school thinking like, I'm going to be with the weirdos. And it's like, you're a weirdo even for weirdos. Weirdo, that, that was it. But it's like, I'm not going to stop being obsessed with poetry and algebra because you don't think that's cool. Like, I don't care.
0: No, absolutely. And why should you? I mean, that's the whole beauty of it is that we can be our own unique uh, blend and cocktail of all of these incredibly weird and wonderful and disconnected and mashed together interests. And you see it all over the place. I think it just takes time for people to embrace it within themselves, which is what we were talking about last time.
1: Well, I've, I've read, um, to be a millionaire, you take one discipline and find a commonality with another discipline, and then you create a new discipline. And I'm like, well, sign me up, Millionaire Joe, because I'm over here blending anthropology with design. Like, it goes together like peanut butter and jelly. Like, to me, they are not separate. Um, anthropology is the underpinning and design is the expression. You know, the stories that we tell talk about how we feel about ourselves and our culture and how we address that emotionally or not. And the design is how we express that. We just don't always think about it that way. Um, and the expression I use is fish don't know their way.
0: <laughs> That's that I, well, I mean, I'm not going to speak for all fish, but that's, it, that's certainly one way of putting it.
1: <laughs> we, it is the air that we breathe, it is the way that we interact with each other or not, or judge each other or not. There's so much unspoken, invisible influence around us that it's like design is available to us all let's make it aware let's let's use it
0: i love that and i think like i can absolutely resonate with what you're saying there and the message behind it because even from a branding perspective like one of my favorite things to do with my clients is reflect back what they've told me but then they realize what they've said, if that makes sense. So they're like, well, I want my brand to be this and I want my business to be that. And you just kind of reflect it back to them and, and maybe like streamline it and whatever else and pick out the bits that are important. Like we were saying earlier, pick away the baggage, pick out the bits that are, are true. And you repeat it back to them and reflect it back to them because it came from them. And they're like, yes, that's exactly it. It's like, I know because it came from you.
1: Yeah. And they don't realize it, or they don't have the confidence to own it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually learned as a waitress, when you are taking someone's order, you have reflected back to them. And it's like, I was listening. Is this what you said? And you catch the opportunity to mess up. So obviously, I'm going to bring that here. It seems like a natural fit to be like, person i'm charging ten thousand dollars is this what you like and they're like, yes you read my mind it's like mm, actually i paid attention to your words but yes i read your mind how good you are i just let them think that because it like, well on me but yeah it's it's very easy once you listen and for me it became not just listening to what they said but what they didn't say yeah. or how they said it And then it becomes a very interesting, nuanced translation process, um, which is where I brought in the science, because I didn't realize that other people didn't do that. And that was when I was like, oh, you mean I'm imparting all of this additional information that most people don't think about? Oh, okay. And even my friends in design school, very talented designers, will not touch branding will not touch branding at all because it's such this abstraction of visualizing these things that have no form. Mm-hmm. And the form changes from person to person and purpose to purpose so that it's like it's a constantly moving and fluctuating target and I'm like yay a challenge
0: (laughs) I love it I love branding and like one of the conversations that we're having in between recording these episodes was like me reflecting on the fact that it's disappointing that I can't um time travel or read other people's minds just yet just yet, yeah, I'm I'm still hopeful guys um but branding is kind of like doing that and the way that I've tried to explain it to people who have no concept of what I do in the past is kind of I want to use a very British reference and I'm not quite sure if <laughs> anyone's gonna get it so there's, um, there's a tv show called Red Wolf which I adore I've loved it since I was I think it came out kind of like a couple of years after I was born but it's been like a culture piece for like my age group. And there's this one bit where they go into the hologram suite, and there's loads and loads of TVs that are showing all these different thoughts and dreams that are going on in like this the ship's hologram. And I always imagine brandings like that is picking the bits of those thoughts and those dreams and putting them together to make one consistent physical whole. So you are literally trying to interpret their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions, their hopes, their dreams, and their future. And trying to give that form, and it's terrifying and wonderful and so much fun because it is literally like: I need to try and read your brain by asking the right questions and hearing what you do, don't what you do and don't say, and how you physically react so I can kind of get a feel for how you feel. Yeah. It's such a weird thing to have to do. I I, I imagine that police interrogators feel much the same. <laughs>
1: Therapists. Therapists.
0: Okay, yeah, that would be more reference. <laughs> yeah, sure. Therapists, that's what I said. <laughs> I have
1: so many clients that have been like, this is like therapy. And like, yes, it is, because you are pulling aspects of yourself and curating them. And as you're curating them, you're also thinking about how you want to style it. The amount of times I have sent clients to their own closets and their own homes to photograph how they live and take for granted. It has been a godsend to realize that. Because you don't think about it. You don't analyze it. You don't compare it to the neighbor next door. You go to a store and you're like, oh, that shirt is for me. And you pull it instantly and you put it on and you're like, yes, bitch, yes. Same with art in your house, I assume. I don't know. I have like more art than walls. So I'm like addicted.
0: Art. I just don't have enough frames that's why my light switch always gets like pride of place
1: We talked about this I feel like you can make him a character okay we're good we can talk about it later um, <laughs> <laughs> um blah, blah, blah. yeah so people if they're like oh I like this for I've had problems with clients where they'll pull inspiration or they'll have an idea and when their own name is put into that idea There's an immediate rejection. They don't like it. They liked it for them, but not for me. And I'm like, okay, well, we need to realize what we're here for. Mm -hmm. We are here for you. So let's talk about that. And so to shortcut that and to get people out of their own way, I'm like, show me your jewelry. Show me your house. And then I analyze it right to their face. I'm like, okay, so you like geometric shapes, and a lot of mixing patterns let's look at your living room you like this teal you also use this teal in your kitchen did you realize this let's use teal as a brand color and they don't realize it because they're not looking at that as any sort of input into their life and i'm like that is the whole point it's what you like it's the things that you naturally gravitate towards that's the answer for what colors your brand should be. That's the answer for like what style should the font be? What mood do you want? What's that look like? What's that feel like? And so that's I get very um abstract. And it doesn't matter what their industry is and it doesn't matter if they want to work with women coaches or basketball players. What matters is who they are in that party because that sets the innovation tone.
0: Yeah, no, I
1: absolutely agree.
0: And again, I feel like I feel like we may need to book in several more episodes um, <laughs> because I feel the same. I feel like who your audience is, it's relevant to a degree, but I feel like there are so many other factors that need to be accommodated within your brand that can drive your brand in a more aligned way with how you're feeling. Like I, I posted on Instagram recently that one of the key things that one of the key factors of your brand strategy should be your strengths and preferences and someone commented saying I've never seen strengths and preferences be put in it and it's like well if you don't enjoy what you're doing you're not good at it it's not going to help your brand grow in
1: any way what is the whole point what is the point if you don't like it like and that's the thing when people are like oh I don't know like whose business is it who's is it <laughs> mine is yours who has to wake up every day and like, give a shit. Is it me or is it you? And then like, me? I'm like, so who has to like it? Your aunt or you? And I like, just like, go there. Because I've had people want to have, oh, I'm going to run this by my friend. I'm going to post this in a group. And I'm like, let's have a conversation about that. Yeah, that goodness. <laughs> you start bringing in other people's opinions. Nothing muddies your true waters. Faster than other people and their own crap dumping on yours. And I've had people love what they were doing until they brought it to a group of people, and then it was like, I'm not, I cannot address a group of invisible people you keep running to. They are not involved in this process. It is your brand, it is me and you. That's who it needs to be. And Luckily, the client was like, "Okay, I hear you. I completely understand. Now that I have messed up, that I won't be doing it." anymore. <laughs> and it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I was um, I'm not an adjunct professor right now because I just I couldn't I could not do this. But last semester I was teaching, and a student did not do what I asked him to do because his mother gave him feedback and was like, "I don't think you need to do that." And I'm like, "Okay." Who's grading this class? Whose class are you sitting in right now? Is it your mom's? Does your mom give you your grade? No? Then tell her to shut up. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Danielle is causing family rifts across the country. No,
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, it's either you are taking this class or not. You are either engaging in the brand process or you're not. It's very cut and dry. And I've had people be influenced by trends in their brand. And then it's like, I hate it. And it's like, well, that's why you don't choose a trend. It's why I tell startups that they don't need a brand. They don't need a logo. You don't, you don't, I promise. And I do this for a living and you don't. What you need is a way for people to find you. So pick a font that is easy to read, that doesn't make you want to puke and put it up there and just start. Yeah, that's
0: exactly that oh, makes my heart so happy. That's exactly <laughs> what it should be. It's like if you cannot afford to invest in your brand, pick a clean, readable
1: font, type out your business name, pick a neutral palette. Or organic, doesn't matter. This this is the thing where it's like you need to try when we were all born, ain't nobody was skipping out of their mother's uterus. We like smushed out and then we learned how to wiggle and then we learned how to flop and then we learned how to crawl and then, and then, and this is the truth about running a business. This is the absolute emphatic truth about branding. Please like, I change my brand every six months because of things I saw on the internet and that's cool, but that's not branding. That's like a designer being like, Oh, pretty, but that's okay. Like you have to do that in order to find the things that you like. If you heard my topics earlier, it was about food. The same is true. You don't need to, because you don't have not just the funds, you don't have the back end information. You don't have the strengths and preferences. You have what might be, and that seems cool. And that's great. That's a great place to be. But it's, you have to get through that and then say yes, 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 ew, 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 before you can really start and def- take that and define that into a brand. And that's when you're ready.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's a different time scale, but typically I found like the first 18 months, two years of your business, like it will change so drastically. It will be so different that what, if you invest in branding on launch as your first business, that brand will be obsolete real soon. And that money is just been poorly invested because you're not ready for it yet because you, you don't know what you're going to be. You don't know what you're going to be when you grow up. Like, you don't know what your business is going to grow up to be. That's like trying to, you know, shunt a personality type and future career on a toddler. Like, you don't know what they're going to turn into in the next year.
1: And how happy and healthy is that toddler? We've all heard those stories. Not, not, not. And so when you are nurturing your business, and it is a nurture. You have to love its ugly, awkward face. (laughs) Yeah. You have to love its zits and its braces and its really bad suspenders and haircuts and like figure out what that is and it will evolve naturally. You know, um, when I, before I restructured in 2017, the reason why I restructured was because someone got on a call with me and was like, this is not who I expected to meet with at all. And I'm like, oh, that's bad. That's (laughs) real bad (laughs) because I'm a branding designer. If I am not effectively communicating who this is, how the bloody fuck am I going to do it for someone I don't even know? I'm not. So then that's where I'm like, you have to be truthful. You have to be real. And I called my services the Muchness Buffet. Right? Because it's like, I grow a service every two years. Sometimes I have services that I offer for people that I don't even tell people about because everyone does it and they don't. And so there's so much I take for granted in myself. that I'm like, you know what? The buffet of services. And that's just how I've done it. And people... You know, the bounce rate can be real. I'm very uh, myself. I love all the colors. I love making up words. And oh well, if you don't like it, go to someone boring. But I needed to be the truth. So when someone went to that, they'd be like, Yup, that's who I'm seeing. I'm into that. And that's better. <laughs> that's better.
0: It's better. It's better all around. It's better for you as an individual. It's better for you as a business owner. It's better for your business. It's better for your
1: clients better for your blank balance if your soul what is all this worth if you have to slice off pieces of yourself to be accepted and why why is that more important than accepting yourself and owning yourself and that's what branding is is saying this is who I am this is what I like this is what I want this is who I'm going to attract and I like that thank you I feel like
0: this would be a good place to wrap up the episode. So I have absolutely, I want to say I've loved hearing your business journey. I've loved hearing your journey from you, trauma and all, and kind of seeing and experiencing. I've loved having this geek out around branding as well. So (laughs) that's been a personal delight. But just in general, I think that it's just been really insightful to hear how businesses can be developed in a unique and different way. And it's just that whole feeling, isn't it? It's you feel joy, you feel success, whatever that looks like for you, it's how you're feeling about your business. And I think that you're a brilliant example of how that can just be embraced in a completely wonderful and unique way. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to share my story. I really appreciate, and I really appreciate you sharing so openly as well. Um, I know that it's not always easy, especially if it's something that keeps coming back to haunt you in some way. So I am, I'm, I'm just really grateful for you being so open and honest. I think that anyone else who's going through this, who's listening, like if you're going through that bullying phase, if you're going through a toxic working environment, you don't have to stay there, and it will feel like hell trying to get out of it, but you can. And you can just make that choice. Yes.
1: And it is, I know it sounds crazy, but it is just like a light switch of a choice. And if you need permission, you have it. If your life, no one else will live it for you. No one else was gifted the wonderful talents and attributes that you were gifted. Please do not waste them in an unhappy situation for one second more. Yeah, I completely agree. Second that.
0: Double permission slip, guys you've got it. (laughs) So let's wrap up this episode then, Jenny. So where can the listeners find more about you online?
1: Purefantastico.com, Instagram at Purefantastico and Facebook at
0: Purefantastico. Amazing. I will pop all of those links into the show notes as always. So you can go and have a look at, even if you go and have a look at Jenny's homepage, because honestly, I stopped on that, your tagline. I'm not going to tell them what it says. It just... reach for my phone and repeat it to my friend via WhatsApp <laughs> voice note because it was that's incredible. I love it so much. And now I know who you are before we had even spoken. So yeah, have a click through, go and follow Jenny, get in touch with her if you're looking for any of your design stuff um, or me, obviously. I'm plugging you over myself now. <laughs> <laughs> we work together. Yes. But yeah go and have a look see who you connect with have a wonderful look at the rainbow that is the pure fantastico brand and definitely give her a follow on instagram and listeners if you are enjoying the podcast be sure to pop over to itunes um and if you could leave a five-star review i would really appreciate it even if you're listening on a different podcasting platform the itunes reviews really do make a difference and it means that i can continue bringing you these wonderful guests and episodes every tuesday and thursday and until next time head on over to our instagram or facebook community with the links in the show notes and we can continue these
1: conversations in the brand match.